today on the Teacher Hustle podcast, we're talking with Kelly Harville from Speaking of Images. We're talking to her again. You may recognize her name. Her podcast episode here on the Teacher Hustle podcast was one of your favorite episodes ever recorded, and so many of you asked me to have her back to talk to you again about taking photos of your products, taking photos of yourself somehow, getting yourself in front of the camera, and using mock-ups to really make your products pop. Kelly is a preschool speech and language pathologist, a national board certified teacher, and a professional photographer. She helps teacher authors to up-level their business branding with modern images designed for educators. Members of her Image Maker membership have access to a growing gallery of over 2,000 images for use on social media, blog posts, Pinterest pins, email marketing, sales pages, within their TPT resources, and more. So Kelly's talking to us today about how to batch your content creation with images, how it is not cheating to use a mock-up, and how to get ourselves in front of the camera in a way that feels really genuine. I know you're going to love this second interview with Kelly, so stay tuned. I am here with my favorite, Kelly Harville from Speaking of Images. Kelly is a good friend of mine and has been on the podcast before. You're our first encore guest, I believe, Kelly, and the people were asking for you. So we have Kelly back to talk to us today about all things photography when it comes to our business and how we can really use images to enhance what it is that we're talking about in the online space, enhance our products and enhance our brand. So Kelly, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be at the second timer, the first second timer. (laughs) Yep. And in case anybody isn't familiar with you, I talk about you constantly in case they haven't heard me laughing about you. Can you give us a little background on yourself and your business and kind of how you got here? Sure. Um, I have, I'm a school-based, preschool-based speech language pathologist in terms of my uh, full-time day job. And I'm also a professional photographer and I've had a couple of photography businesses. Most recently, prior to the branding photography business I have now, I was doing family adventure photos, so I would work with families and shoot kind of their family tradition. So we would go to the pumpkin patch, we would go to the Christmas tree farm, we'd go to their beach cottage, you know, those kinds of things, not necessarily a posed portrait type. They would always get one of those within the session, but that's what we did. And then I transitioned to branding photography starting in June of 2019, I think. Yeah. Um, I went to a retreat that was a Teachers Pay Teachers weekend and did 22 branding sessions with all of the women there. That was a blast. And and in talking with them, like we were there for the whole weekend and it was all about building your TPT business. And so I really had an opportunity to hear what the pain points were besides their personal branding photography, but their photography of their products what they struggled with um, time-wise in creating pins and things like that. And that was the impetus for starting the brand photography that I do based on mock-ups. I think it's so cool that you started out with lifestyle photography. And I love the, the idea of taking pictures of family traditions rather than a posed photo because posed photos are so hard to do just from you know, a mother perspective, I cannot figure those out. And uh, so that's a really nice transition. And it's interesting how you stumbled on that at that retreat and TPT 
sellers, but teacher business owners in general, we are all trying to be visible in the online space and we're all trying to stand out and make our brand known. And one way we can do that is with photos, but if you're anything like me, you struggle with photos. So we're glad to have your help. Sure. Um, So actually a lot of our questions today come from the Teacher Hustle University crew members. We, uh, you are a member of the THU crew. And so we went into the group and asked what questions they had about photography. These questions come directly from the group and they're great questions. And one of the, one of the most popular questions had to do with getting yourself in front of the camera. What if we hate having our picture taken? What if we can't afford to have a branding photographer to hire someone? How do we, first of all, force ourselves to get in in front of the camera? And second of all, get somebody else to take our picture and have it come out good. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, um, I would say, I have, other than a four-year-old who's just cheesy in front of a camera, I have yet to meet many adults who are like, oh, please, please take my picture. Like no <laughs> one, no one's happy on the other side of the lens, myself included. And so I get that. Um, and to me, the the trick is not to look posed, not to be worrying about where do I put my elbow? How do I turn my body? That That's a different kind of photography. And that's, um, I tried it. I did senior sessions for a while. And to, I can tell you those 17 year old girls knew how to pose a heck of a lot better than I could tell them what to do because they'd been doing it for their whole lives. Um, exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly. I learned from them. Um, but I think if we're going to talk about branding and getting in your photos for your brand, I think we need to back up a little bit and think about branding from a more holistic standpoint than just I have turquoise and blue and purple and pink in my brand colors. And so do I have to wear that in my pictures? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, the way I like to think about branding is it's like your personality, your, the, the personality of your business. So I get, like for myself, my brand colors are very, uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest and I grew up on the West coast. And so I'm a very beach forest person. I'm an outdoor person. And so when I thought about how I wanted my business to represent me, I also wanted it to represent who I am as a, as a person so that when I was trying to take my brand photos, I wasn't sitting there thinking, okay, do I have to just sit on the couch? You know, I jump on a ferry. I I go down to the beach. I go into a forest. I go places that I'm naturally comfortable in and have the, and take my own pictures there as well as have, I hire a brand photographer have her take my pictures in those places. And so when you're thinking about your, your brand and your online business, um, think past the colors and the fonts and think about um, what you do. I mean, if you're, if you're a math teacher, then you want to have math and those types of related products involved in your shot, not to the cheesy point of holding up a number, but like, you know, I, I picture, you know, and I, people recognize my photos because I have a very specific style, but I picture like a bunch of different rulers sticking out of a vase or a glass or some, some kind of a container that is pretty and colorful, but represents what you do. Like it includes what you do in there. Um, I've shot pictures for a science teacher and we did the same thing with the beaker. I had different beakers and I stuck different pencils and, and stuff in it. So people notice the beaker more than they notice the pencils or the office supplies. Um, so thinking about that 
and in your branding, you know, think about, are you a sporty person? Are you a down to earth person? Like really earthy? Are you a, a glam gal? Are you super bright colors and fun and flashy and all about the hot pink nail polish? All of those things before you think about getting in front of the camera, think about that and what makes you comfortable. It's a good place to start. Such good advice. And I, I know nothing about, you know, photography at all, except my own experience. And as somebody who struggles with, I just struggle with figuring out how images, you know, fit together to, if I'm, if I'm putting them on my Instagram feed, I am not somebody who can lay out my Instagram feed and instantly know if it looks right. I will put something on that doesn't quite look right. And I know that doesn't matter as much, but I'm all that to say that I struggle with kind of design and how things look. Mm -hmm. So for me, I did also hire a branding photographer. I've talked about this on the podcast before. She's amazing. And the way that I negotiated the price with my husband was I said, look, we're paying this much money to have our posed photos taken at Christmas time and, you know, during the fall and our kids probably aren't cooperating. Everybody's miserable. <laughs> Why don't we pay this to this branding photographer and she'll come to our house and take pictures of me cooking with the kids and playing with the kids. And, and she encourages me. She's like, Alyssa, don't pick up the toys on the floor. I'll take your photo with the toys yes. on the floor because the people want to see that you're not perfect. And, and that's made me realize that I don't need to obsess over those little details and I don't need to have everything looking matchy matchy. I need to show me and exactly. what life is really like. And I, I noticed in your photos, particularly within the last six months or so, that you are not um, only representing yourself as a online business owner you know, your mom pictures are in there and not, and, you know, doing things with the kids and not mm -hmm. just um, sitting on the grass with the kids type of thing. And, and people can do that at home with their um, cell phones. And we can talk about that. But so, you know, when you're getting in the picture, get your dog in the picture, get your, you know, just let's set up some activities you're comfortable doing and get the shots there. And also think about it not being, just on Saturday from 10 to 12, I'm going to take my branding pictures because that's stressful. I mean, that's, that to me, it's like at school when people say, oh, he goes to speech therapy from 10 to 1030. Okay. I guess he's only talking from 10 to 1030, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, not really like we need to work on this all day. Uh -huh. so, so like if you're having a good hair day, right. Take advantage of that, man, because that doesn't always happen. And if you dressed at all, take advantage of that. Exactly. Exactly. And and think about um, your day to day and think, you know, when you're thinking, do I is this a good enough picture? What's good enough? I mean, if it's you, it's good enough. And so, you know, you talked about like her taking a picture of you cooking. You one of the things I would recommend, I know that one of the uh, THU crew members asked about equipment um, like uh, to buy. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend a small tripod with a Bluetooth remote. It will mm -hmm. save you from jumping up and down and pushing the uh, self-timer button. And you can find them on Amazon anywhere from 20 bucks to 50, depending on what kind of a tripod you want. Um, mm -hmm. But then like if I, I use my little tripod all the time, I have a couple of different ones. I have one with bendy legs. So that's what I take down to the beach with me. And if I want to take a picture of just my feet walking on a log, 
Then I will wrap those little bendy legs around a piece of driftwood and lay it down flat, lay it down close to the ground and shoot some shots of that to be able to just represent. I took a walk today, you know, that kind of thing. In the kitchen, you could set it up on your counter and cook your dinner and just take some shots of you cooking dinner, just your hands. Because mm-hmm. again, you can post about that and you can talk about your life and it, your face and whole body doesn't have to be in every shot. It's more interesting if you have some variety. Um, so think about that. Uh, those That's number one I would put on the list. If you're shooting with a phone, I would definitely put a small tripod and a Bluetooth remote on your wish list. Anything else we need as far as equipment goes? Um, well, people talk about lighting and I'm not, I don't mess around with a lot of lighting, um, because it's just becomes more difficult than editing for me. But also when you take your pictures, recognize that for photographers, I would say generally 30% of your final shot is in the shot and 70% is in the editing. And so, um, if you're looking at your pictures straight out of camera, just as you shot them and you're disappointed, so are we. <laughs> so don't expect your picture straight out of camera to be perfect or even lit well. You can fix that in post, in, in editing. Um, so that's what I would uh, also remind people. I think people are hard on themselves when they look at their, their camera roll and say, well, these don't look good. Well, they need to be edited. Right. And there are pretty simple ways to edit now. Are there particular editing programs that are accessible for us that aren't super complicated things we can use pretty easily? Yeah, I would. One of my favorite, I mean, I use Lightroom. I'm, I'm comfortable with Lightroom, but I'm comfortable with it from a professional end. I use very, I do very little of it on my phone other than adding, Mm -hmm. um, actually, no, I don't even do that anymore. So I, um, but one of the apps that I use on my phone is called Snapseed. S-N-A-P-S-E-D. And that little app is powerful. And there are some really good YouTube videos on how to edit using Snapseed. I believe it's free. I don't think I've paid for it. Um, And it's, I find it more user-friendly than, definitely more user-friendly than Photoshop. um, And a little less intimidating than Lightroom can sometimes be. There are lots of tools on it, but you can start to look for the ones that that you use frequently. Um, and I know somebody in the group asked if I had a, a, a course on taking photos. Yeah. And I don't have one. It's in my wish list of things to be able to do. Um, and I might go back to the crew and kind of ask about that. Like, you know, are you guys talking about flat lays? Are you talking about selfies? Are you, what are you talking about when you ask for a photography class? Cause I'd be happy to do it. I just, there are so many different uh, requests from teacher business owners that it would be nice to know like specifically what people are looking for. Um, yeah. I think it goes back to what you just said too, about kind of um, being hard on ourselves about what's on our camera roll. It's kind of, for me, it's like whenever I would do an art project or if I ever do one of those painting classes with my friends, it's like, I hate the thing when I'm done with it because I made it and I just don't have the confidence to say, this is great. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a photography class in, in even flat lays and things like that just would give us, and maybe I'm just speaking firstly here, would give me the confidence Mm -hmm. that, yeah, this is a good photo and to get feedback on it and to get some, um, 
tips on how to make sure things are looking right. But one thing that I think is important to notice and that you kind of talk about a lot and that I really love about your work in particular is that I don't think photos need to all look, in fact, I know they don't need to all look the same. They Mm -hmm. can, they should stand out and they should speak to you and who you are. So I think part of that is embracing photos that we may not you know, we look at them and they're like, well, they don't look like everybody else holding a coffee mug and and smiling, but this is what I do. And this is what I do at home. And it's uniquely me. That's what I like about your photos. I'm always surprised by what you post on Instagram. It's not like everything else. And it makes you unique and makes you stand out. So maybe in that photography course, we also need to learn to kind of lean into who we are Mm -hmm. and express ourselves through photography, which is something a lot of us may just not be used to doing. Yeah. And, and I think the days of the curated Instagram feed are gone. Like, Over. you know, yeah. when, when people, I always kind of laugh when someone will, you know, I'll, I'll watch a class or I'll watch some kind of a webinar. I do a lot of photography stuff on the side. And so, you know, they'll say, they'll talk about, you know, well, when someone goes to your feed, you know, they want, they make the decision if they're going to follow you in 10 seconds or less. And I'm like, well, if they're just looking at my feed, it's a hot mess. So if they're looking for every other one is blue and every other one is a quote, there goes past me by in that 10 seconds, but I'm not looking to be like everybody else. And so that's okay with me, (laughs) you know? That's what makes you stand out in this noisy space is to actually be yourself and be different. Yeah. Um, So uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I took some notes on some of the questions in the group and when, when I don't want to skip some of them, but when we were talking about, uh, branding for your pictures of yourself. Let's start. If we're just talking about pictures of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, people are wondering, how do I get my brand colors into those? I would say start collecting small. So, you know, if you have a, if you have a, you know, an Apple watch, you can go on Amazon and get all kinds of different watch bands and maybe find something that's in that brand color. So if you're taking a picture of yourself holding a coffee mug or typing on your laptop, that little spot of color is in there, but it's not screaming that everything is turquoise. Right. Um, <laughs> because I've seen somewhere like hot pink is everywhere. And I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> but I know who that person is, you know, because hot pink is everywhere. Um, right. And so to keep it subtle, but still be in there and affordable, you know, if you're, a, if you're a woman or a girl, you can, you can, uh, you can buy jewelry that is like stretch bracelets or those really cool rope bracelets or anything that's has beads in it that might fit into your brand palette. Um, but something you'd like normally wear anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the teachers I've done photo shoots for are, have fantastic earrings and that's what they're known for at school. Like people are always commenting on their earrings. So we do a lot of close-ups of profiles of them so that I'm focusing on the earring. Cause that's, that's them. That's what they're known for. Um, but, you know, and then there, I did a photo shoot of one of the male teachers at one of the, at the TPT conference in Austin, actually. And um, he was very subtle and a very handsome man. And then he sat down and he had these wild socks on and it cracked me up. And I'm like, <laughs> so I had him, instead of sitting on the couch, we moved to the stool and he put it so that he could put his foot up on the rung. And I'm like, you got to tell me the story of this. And he said, at school, the kids know me for my socks. And I would have never known that because he didn't tell, you know. And so we got some close-ups of his feet, of his shoes on this really cool uh, stool rungs um, because that's him. And and when he got his pictures back, he cracked up and said, this is one of my favorites. And I never would have asked for that, you know. (laughs) 
And I love going to TJ Maxx um, and just grabbing all the accessories, fun pens and notebooks and mugs and uh, anything that reminds me of me and my brand. And I just grab it and use it. What about some of the um, THU crew members were asking about flat lays? Mm -hmm. What kind of items should we be collecting? And what's the difference between taking our own flat lays and using stock photos? Well, the difference is that you take them yourself. I don't I, like first yeah. uh, if you're taking them yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which I I would love to teach a class on that because styling is my thing. It's just fun. I, not in terms of my personal what I wear. I'm a hot mess. But in terms of like photo styling, that's a blast. Um, so if you're trying to get your brand colors in there, again, let's go back to that conversation we had earlier about your not just the colors, like your personality as a whole. So for me, I bring shells in, I bring driftwood in, I bring, um, I'll go walk through the local park, which is kind of forested and bring little pine cones and pine branches back. Um, because that's part of the texture and the um, feel that I want people to know about me. I also am a toy collector, like I collect wind up toys. Because I, I would use- love to see your collection. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I work with preschoolers, right? And you can wind up a toy and you get a lot of language out of a three-year-old when they want more of it or, you know, and so, um, but I take pictures of them and they're hilarious and I get great reactions to it because it's almost like the movie Toy Story where like the toy is representing something in real life, but it's a toy in the shot. You know, so for me, that makes sense because I teach preschool. Um, but an easy way to incorporate um, some of your brand colors, if that's what we're going to, are, you know, do what you do. When I go, I do the same thing, man. I am dangerous in a TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Like, keep me out of there because I buy all the office supply things. Um, so look for colored pencils, look for pens in your color, look for um, notebooks, for journals. Sometimes I'll buy a journal at TJ Maxx on sale. Like right now, they have all kinds of sales on the stuff that's a 2020 journal because who really needs that? But if the cover isn't all destroyed, you could just turn it over and the back of it doesn't have the year on it and it looks like a cover and that's how I use them. So I will use a lot of patterns and a bigger notebook and then get a smaller one to put on top that's a solid. So mm-hmm. mixing textures and mixing patterns um, so that everything isn't solid or everything isn't too cray in the patterns. Um, yeah. Washi tape. Like washi tape is also an easy, inexpensive um, post-it notes, things that you use. I mean, you might as well, if you're going to buy them for your photos, you might as well be able to use them too. So right. um, those are the kinds of things like file folders. Yeah. Look at, look at your basic office supply store ghost and start thinking in terms of I'm looking for these three pops of color and you'll, right. you can start your collection that way. Yeah. I love it. And I think um, paperweights, like I have a ton of paperweights from TJ Maxx that were just so cute and so Perfect. I, oh. I know them when I see them. I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Or that's my friend. And now I have an excuse to buy it, which is so nice. Yeah. Um, so how do we, so I guess my question about the stock photos, the, the question that I get a lot is like, how then do we make a stock photo if we're not taking the flat lay, we don't have time, or we just want to go with a stock photo? How do we still make that feel like it's ours? Well, that's a good question. I, um, I do want to talk a little bit. I think that sometimes when people think it's cheating to use a uh, 
stock photo or a mock-up. To me, it's just as cheating as it is to buy a product on TPT instead of being a teacher at home making your own third grade product all weekend long. It's like, you don't want to do that. You're basically paying for your time back. And you're paying for somebody else's expertise in an area that you could study, but do you want to spend all weekend learning more about a very specific thing that you can buy a supplementary material for on TPT? So for me, that's what I think about when I think about stock photography or I think about flat lays is you can take your own pictures and I would be happy to teach people how to do that, but it is time consuming. And so if you want to save yourself some time, you can look for mock-ups or stock. To me, a mock-up is something where you're putting your product in it um, or you're putting your text on like people who sell t-shirts they'll buy mock-ups of t-shirts and then they'll put whatever words they're going to have on their t-shirt on there uh, versus a stock photo to me is more, I consider them like pictures of people, pictures of not something you would put your product on. That's how I define the difference. Um, and so I use the stock photos, like the picture that I take of the toys, I consider those a stock photo. And then I put text on them. I use those in Instagram. I use those in email marketing. I use them all over the place. So, yeah. And I like the way you said you put text on them because I feel like that changes it a little bit too. Some people get concerned when they use a stock image that it's just doesn't, it doesn't feel like theirs or it feels kind of like they just planted it there. But when you can add text, then all of a sudden you've personalized it a little bit. Or if you can find images that, you know, really match up with your brand a little bit more and aren't just sort of general. Absolutely. Better. Yeah. And look, look for photos with, a lot of what we call negative space, white space, open space, because that's how you can really personalize an image with your text in different sizes, in different fonts. So when I think of, um, that's my personal style is I like a lot of negative space, not to completely fill it with text, but the human eye is drawn towards space. So if something is really, um, crowded like if you, if you you know if you go into a store like a, there's a lot of antique stores near where I live and if you go into them and it's just a jumbled mess of all kinds of stuff I just want to get out of there because I get really anxious it's too hard to know where I'm supposed to look and it's the same thing in a photo and you'll recognize this in like magazine covers real simple does a good job of that magnolia great job of that um, so that's another thing that that people can do when they're trying to figure out what their style is is look through magazines while you're standing in the store or, you know, in a, if we could go back to a bookstore. <laughs> um, but to start, yeah. Or even, you know, looking on, start saving images that you see that somehow make you stop. And either on Instagram or on uh, Pinterest. I do that for Pinterest all the time. I go through, I'm not looking for content. I'm just looking what pins made me stop and look at them. And I right. save it. And then I go back and say, why? You know, was it because the text really jumped off the page. Like, I really don't want to know how to make roasted Brussels sprouts, but that really <laughs> jumped off the page, you know? <laughs> so it so takes a, yeah, a little research. That way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did that. I kind of feel like I landed on that. There's this co-working space that I constantly talk about. Mm -hmm. And when I walked in the co-working space, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. Like they, they designed this place for me. It's everything. I, I love pink. There's like neon pink signs on the wall and this blue that I just fell in love with. And I actually recreated my office at home to look exactly like this co-working space because I can't get there as often as I'd like. Yeah. But it's 
struck me like, this is it. This is me. And then it's everything kind of fell into place after that. I needed that crutch of seeing something else, you know, seeing that inspiration to be able to pull it together. Right. And I don't, I, I don't think it's a crutch in my personal thing. It is an inspiration, right? It is what speaks to you. And I'm not an interior designer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, like you said, you know, something that makes you feel at home. Right. And that, and you want to recreate that. I, I do. You know, I wish I could afford the really cool lighting features that a good friend of mine has. I rent her studio when I do some photo shoots because her taste is impeccable. And just the detail of the the pulls on the side of her drawers. I'm like, who finds these things? But it stands out. Cool. It's, yeah. yeah. So I think we covered a lot of the questions under brand photography. Some did ask about mock-ups. Can you tell us a little more about mock-ups? We, we kind of touched on it, but mm-hmm. when would we use them? How do we use them? What does that look like? Okay. I sell mock-ups, so I will speak to that. Um, I, uh, if you sell digital, let's see your TPT seller, not all of the people that I work with are TPT sellers, but, um, if you sell digital resources like boom cards, or you sell, um, Google, something on Google platform that is meant to be used on a computer, which in the current status of our virtual teaching is most everything. Um, it's hard to take a picture of your product on an iPad and not have some kind of a reflection, not have some kind of um, light distra- uh, distortion, that when you post that picture, it doesn't look kind of wonky. And so a mock-up that's professionally shot for that purpose has optimized the way that the iPad is in position to, this, to the camera lens so that it's 90 degrees flat, you know, um, for ease of dropping in your screenshot, like, I, I have people that literally, this is what I do in my own marketing is I will, if I have a mock-up of an iPhone, then I will go on my own iPhone and I will screenshot whatever I want on that one. And then it's already in the right orientation. It is a Canva drag and drop and all the lighting is professionally done. It's well, uh, the, or, the, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of right now. That's how everything is laid out. The design yeah. is well done and it just saves you some time in the end. Um, so that's, and then for print products, same thing. Um, you can have a desktop. Sometimes some of the, um, people that I work with ask me, you know, I, I leave a lot of open space in a lot of my images, but then they ask me, can you just go ahead and stick like an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper in there? So I know where to put it. And I'm like, no problem. And so giving different ideas of how to do that too. And it's going to help you as a online and your blog, on your store, on your Pinterest, to save time. I mean, you can batch all kinds of things if you have the right kinds of mock-ups that you can drop into. So you don't have to sit there and take flat lays and print out your products and, and get the lighting just right. You can stick your screenshot in a mock-up, and it's going to look beautiful because somebody else that knew what yeah. they were doing could really... <laughs> You know, that'd be you styled it, got the lighting right, did all that work for you. I love that. I love a good time saver. I am all about the mock-up. And a lot of times I think we don't realize that sometimes when we see physical products like Mm t-shirts, that sort of thing, mugs, those are mock-ups too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They can look really real. 
Well, yeah, they are really real. It's just there's dropping yeah. text on in Photoshop. <laughs> and so, and I know yeah. like I, I hear a lot of people who, you know, in some of the courses, not other courses, but some of them, you know, uh, Facebook pages I'm on or groups I'm in and, pe- you know, people will say, well, it just looks, it looks more realistic if um, you take an actual picture of the product of like the paper that somebody has colored um, versus dropping in. And I would love for some people to do some A-B testing on that because it might look more realistic, but if the picture, if the image isn't well lit or exposed, people aren't stopping to really look to see what's on that page because it's just a dark photo that they're scanning right over. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think quality versus quantity sometimes. Um, and then, you know, you can do a little, you can do a little PNG of a kid's hand right over the top of it, make it look like the kid's coloring it. That's <laughs> you know? so cool. That's something you, you teach inside of your membership, right? Is yeah. how, to do that, how to layer those things. So uh, tell us a little bit about your membership, because I don't think it was in existence the last time I interviewed you for the podcast. So we need to hear all about it. And I am, of course, a member because I need all of the help here. <laughs> No, it was not in existence. I um, have a membership that's called the Image Maker Membership. And it it started in the bare, in this, this past summer. It started because of our lockdown that I was like, okay, I'm going to come out of this lockdown with something positive. And so I started a beta group and it took off and then did a launch on Labor Day weekend, which was my founding member launch. And um, the images that are in my membership have grown from in June, I think I had 220 and I'm over 2000 now. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it's a lot of that has been from member requests and and hearing from the group, like, like we did for this podcast, you know, what do you guys want to know? In the, in my membership, I have a Facebook group and uh, teachers or educators or therapists or whoever is in the group can go in and make requests. And while I can't, do all of what they're asking for. It gives me a really good idea of a pulse on what people are wanting. Um, And so I have mock-ups in there for tech products. I have mock-ups in there for print products, for task cards. I have um, student hand images that are PNGs that we just talked a little bit about that you can overlay on top, like a a child with a crayon. You can overlay that over the image that you put into the mock-up So it's basically like a three layer process and give the illusion of a child coloring on there without the child really being there. Um, And then I have members asked for iPads in kids' hands. Um, So I have some of those in there now. And um, it's, and then the stock images of students of different ages for blogs. And so one of the things that I really would like to expand upon in terms of teaching in my group is to think outside the box when it comes to blogging. I think a lot of the times people think, oh, I'm going to write about this. And they write this fabulous blog post and then they go searching for images. Whereas if they reverse engineered that and started looking through galleries of images and said, oh, look at this little guy. He is trying so hard to climb this log and I want to write a blog post on persistence this image could go with that and then write from the image versus the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love all the different types of images you have. Plus you are super responsive in the group. I know that it's hard to get to everyone's requests, but something that I've heard 
people say that they love about your membership is that you can kind of, you have a variety. And I know a lot of secondary teachers have trouble finding photos that fit with, you know, secondary and they're not, they don't want to look so primary. You Mm -hmm. have a mix of all of that to choose from. And I think it can really strengthen your your brand and what you're putting out there. And one of the complaints or not really complaints, but the struggles that the THU crew members are having right now is like, I'm not in the classroom. So Mm -hmm. what am I posting about? What do I post a picture of? I don't have any kids. Like I don't have any classroom supplies. I don't have any of my stuff. And this really solves that problem. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. That's my whole intention. Yeah. Oh, I I plug you everywhere I can. (laughs) (laughs) given us so many wonderful images inside Teacher SLU crew since since the beginning. I think the very first time I launched, you gave us a set of images um, to try out. So Kelly gives us some image drops and I definitely am so thankful for her. But I want to know a little behind the scenes before I let you go. Yeah. What I'd like to have a membership. How are you liking that from a business perspective? I, it's my happy place. I will tell you right now, because I so miss my preschoolers and being able to, I've I've really struggled with this uh, distance learning with a three to five year old population of children with delays. Um, And um, the hands-on nature of what I do (laughs) with toys and not a screen. So Having this membership where I can feel successful, sometimes I'm not feeling really successful in my speech pathology job right now, and I'm feeling very successful in terms of being able to um, provide people and serve teachers with what they need. I mean, service is a very big um, value for me. It's why I started the membership is because of all these teachers telling me all the pain points they were having. And I'm like, well, I have all this camera gear, so I could do that. And they were like, we'll do it. (laughs) um, But so the membership is fun. I I am not a big Facebook user in general. So I was a little intimidated by the whole, how do I do a Facebook group? But it has been a lot easier than I thought because people are um, active in there. It's not just me going, Oh, Hey, you know, um, so, (laughs) so, so that's good. <laughs> You've tackled so many hard things. We talk a lot and I know that, the, that there was a lot of tech stuff you have to muddle through when you're setting up a membership, just a lot to think about. And you really tackled some hard stuff. So I am very proud of you. And I think you're exactly right that, especially this year with all the craziness going on, we have to remember that just being here, just listening to this podcast episode, just working on your TPT business, just working on whatever business you're working on. We're all working, and I have to remind myself of this too, being home this year on maternity leave. It's like we're all working to change education for the better, Mm -hmm. to put decision-making back into the hands of educators, to put wealth back into our own hands. And so whatever little place we find to be able to help out with that, whatever piece of creativity, whatever idea we bring to the table, we are contributing to that. So, you know, remember just by listening to this podcast episode, you are contributing to a greater value of service and impacting kids, which is just amazing. And your photos are helping us do that. So we appreciate you and we appreciate you coming on the podcast again, and we will have you back anytime you'd like to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you. I would love to be back anytime. And 
Um, just for the, I, I know right now we're doing this at the beginning of December. I don't know when this is going to go live, but my, if people are interested in the membership, it launches four times a year quarterly. So it will be launching, um, the end of December between Christmas and new year so that when teachers are home and have time to do some things, if they want to start working on their business and batching some content, um, before they go back in the classroom or back to their students, that that timeframe would be a good time to do that. That's a great idea. And mock-ups are a great way to batch uh, your images too. get them all ready to go. And then they're all set for when you go back to school. That's a great idea. What I will link in the show notes. Um, Is there a waiting list they can get on or a way they can be notified about that upcoming launch? I will. I am finishing up a wait list process tonight for, um, for Thanksgiving weekend. So I will open a new one and I'd be happy to give you that link. Great. All right. Good. We want to be notified. So thank you again so much, Kelly, and we will talk to you soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Alyssa. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming, I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you, Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alyssamcdonald.com slash masterclass. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs, so send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.